All right, BradCooney.com in association with 8CN Networks is absolutely honored to have on board and to talk to a nuclear physicist, a lecturer, and a world-renowned UFO researcher, Stanton T. Freeman. Stanton, thank you for joining us. My pleasure. All right, man, I am a huge UFO guy. A lot of my listeners are UFO and extraterrestrial and paranormal people, so we're looking forward to this. Um, you know, you've done a lot of work on the on the UFO um, extraterrestrial topic over the years. You're a world-renowned guy on this, so you're a perfect guy to have on board. You know what? I guess the first question I have for you right out of the gate is, have we in the past and are we currently being visited by extraterrestrials? Oh, yes. Uh, four major conclusions after studying since 1958, so what's that, 56 years? Uh, I guess it's been at it a while. One is the evidence is overwhelming the planet is being visited by intelligently controlled extraterrestrial spacecraft. In other words, some, underlined 18 times, some UFOs are alien spacecraft. Most are not. I don't care about the ones that aren't. I'm a nuclear guy. Most isotopes aren't fissionable. I want to build a nuclear reactor, I use one that is. And I don't care about the ones that aren't. <laughs> Second conclusion is we're dealing with a cosmic Watergate. That does not mean that everybody in the government knows what's going on. As a matter of fact, the way you keep secrets is by telling as few people as possible. I worked under security for 14 years, and anybody who says the government can't keep secrets is full of baloney. Mm -hmm. many examples to illustrate that. Uh, the third conclusion is that there are no good arguments against the first two conclusions. And the fourth is we're dealing with the biggest story of the millennium, physicists of planet Earth by extraterrestrial spacecraft, successful cover-up of the best data, bodies, and wreckage. Uh, and that has an enormous impact on our vision of where we fit in the universal scheme of things. And so I, I find that people are quite willing, ready, and able to accept those conclusions. I've given over 700 lectures, all 50 states, 10 provinces of Canada, and 18 other countries. I've only had 11 hecklers, and two of them were drunk, so I, I come on pretty strong. You know? <laughs> I tried to uh, have some basic rules. One is have facts in hand before putting mouth in ear. Mm. I wish the debunkers would do that. Uh, they work on one basic premise, that anything but alien. If the first explanation doesn't work, try a second, try a third, try a fourth, because we know it can't be alien. And one of the reasons that they're so vehement is that they haven't done their homework in a couple of areas. Uh, for example, they say you can't get here from there. You know, it's too far, uh, laws of physics, uh, Einstein, all this stuff, you can't get here, so how can anybody talk about aliens? Well, I worked on fission rockets, I worked on fusion rockets, nuclear power plants for space. Uh, you can get here from there. It won't be cheap. I, I would readily admit that. Also, I worked under security for 14 years. And they, many of the, uh, the ancient academics, as I call them, and fossilized physicists, can't seem to understand that there's important research and development going on outside of universities and not being published by people who think publish or perish is the big choice in the world. Uh, they think all, all the important work, well, I've had people try to tell me, uh, I'm the original civilian investigator of the Roswell incident, and I've had people, a couple of different people say, Stan, look, if that had crashed, they'd have had to pull half the physicists 
Absolutely. So let me ask you this. Out of all the years you've been doing this and all the people you've talked to, um, and I'm not really sure what you may have seen, um, what's the most single compelling piece of evidence that you um, that you know that proves that, that we are being currently visited? That was the African-American male and the white female, right? The first abductees? Yes. Okay, go ahead, go, go ahead. Well, the first abduction we heard about. Right, right, right. You know.
of the work. She had access to all the tapes and all that. I did the work on the star map and so forth. And what is important about that case, among other things, is that the psychiatrist who did the hypnosis work, they each were under 10 times separately now. They weren't hypnotized together. Dr. Simon, Benjamin Simon, was a world-class expert on what we today call post-traumatic stress disorder. Mm -hmm. He ran a hospital with 3,000 beds for what was then called shell shock war veterans. You know, your buddy's head gets blown off next to you. It's a little bit hard to integrate that into the rest of your life. Dr. Simon starred in the Army movie, Let There Be Light, showing how you got these people back to, to be amongst the living. Mm -hmm. So he didn't know a lot about flying saucers, but he sure knew a lot about trauma and, you know, stress and people who had terrible uh, things happen to them and how to get them to get over it, so to speak. And so it's an ideal case from that viewpoint. That's aside from the fact that Betty was a social worker. Barney uh, worked for the post office. He was also on the Governor's Civil Rights Commission in New Hampshire. Uh, they were invited to Lyndon Johnson's uh, inauguration. And Kathy Martin, my uh, co-author, went with them. These are respectable people who had no intention of going public with the story, but a reporter was given a tape by somebody who secretly taped the little talk that they gave. He called and wanted to interview them, and they said, absolutely not. Well, he ran an article anyway in the Boston newspaper, and it got a huge amount of attention. So finally they agreed to work with uh, John Fuller, a well-known writer, uh -huh. uh, on the book. And that first book came out, The Interrupted Journey. Uh, that got extremely good re reactions from around the world. And then our book captured, picks up, that was in the mid-60s. This takes Betty's life the rest of the way until the mid-2000s. Mid uh, so that's an excellent case. There are uh, a good source of good cases is the testimony provided at congressional hearings in 1968 by 12 scientists. Now, I was the youngest one, and I think I'm the only one who's still alive, but the best paper was given by Dr. James E. McDonald, a professor of physics, University of Arizona. He talked to 500 witnesses. His paper has data on 41 separate cases, excellent ones, including radar visual cases, multiple witness cases. I, an excellent case is the RB-47, Reconnaissance Bomber 47 case in the late uh, 50s, where this, this highly trained crew of six guys were in the airplane flying over the Gulf of Mexico, spotted a UFO, came close to them, circled around them, they saw it on, visually and on their radar, they contacted the ground, military on the ground, they picked it up on radar. This sighting lasted for an hour. And Jim McDonald talked to all six of the witnesses uh, and what they observed and how their equipment reacted and so forth. And when I was talking to Carl Sagan about this case, we were classmates at the University of Chicago. Wow. He said, oh, that was spoofing, Stan. That's where you create a false target on a radar screen. There's nothing there. I had to point out that it couldn't have been because there were visuals. Spoofing occurs as uh -huh. to see except on the screen. Oh, I'll have to think about that some more. He never did, as a matter of fact. Mm -hmm. 
Because how many, they're the most famous extraterrestrials that people talk about are the greys. Um, do you believe the greys are one of the species of, of extraterrestrials? And how many other, do you, how many other, you know, species of extraterrestrials do you think may be here? Good point. Do you, do you believe that? I was surprised when I was there. How pleased they were proud of their background. <laughs> <laughs> uh, half of them probably even know don't know what their background is. On honestly, with today's dumbed down society. But what about the Greys? I mean, there's so many people that when they get, you know, that that come forward with uh, abduction stories or witnessing these things, it's always it's always you know the Greys. Yeah. The big problem we have is that most sightings don't get reported. I check my audiences after my lectures. I don't have guts enough to do it before my lectures. <laughs> and I ask how many people here believe that they have seen what I would consider to be a flying saucer. And I prefer the term flying saucer because all flying saucers are UFOs, but not all UFOs are flying saucers. Right. All great grandfathers are men, but not all men are great grandfathers. I'm interested in flying saucers. Uh, there's a whole bunch of other stupid things that have been said. 
to my audience. Finally, if there's still people left, I'll say, how many of you were in the military at the time? If there's still some hands, i say, you want to tell us about it. One guy in front of 1,300 people said, I can't. They told me not to say anything. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, another one said, they took my pictures. That's all he said. He remained seated. So I said, look, I'm not asking your name. You don't need to stand up. Remain seated. Uh, I think the audience would love to hear the rest of your story. And everybody clapped. So he remained seated. He was flying a four-engine U.S. Air Force plane out over the Pacific and get a radio call from the plane ahead of them 20 miles saying there's a saucer heading your way. They had gun cameras. They took pictures. They then contacted the base to which they were flying because the crew doesn't handle the film. That's intelligence stuff. Uh, when they land, the film gets taken. They get debriefed and told never to say anything. Boy, that guy came across well. Uh, he was telling the truth. Yeah. I'm sure everybody believed that. And so I, I look around uh, after my lectures, I always get interesting stories. Well, another one, a uh, guy, uh, Army guy, I guess he was piloting a helicopter in Vietnam. And the saucer comes along and circles around them twice, and he figures they're dead. It must be a new Russian vehicle. Uh -oh. And then it took off. So naturally, as required by the regulations, they reported this when I got back to base. The government wants to know about new vehicles, <laughs> let's face it. Mm -hmm. The next day, the base commander comes over and says, Lieutenant Jones, you didn't see anything strange yesterday, did you? Well, yes, sir, I reported it. You didn't hear me, Lieutenant Jones. <laughs> you didn't see anything strange yesterday, did you? Uh, no, sir. And I've heard stories like that, you know, often enough to say that that was the standard procedure. Uh, and so once you start digging, there's an awful lot of data out there. Well, the Neutral UFO Network gets over 700 reports a month. Yep. Um, that's a lot of people seeing things. Let's say only 10% are aliens. <laughs> yeah, I reported the UFO I saw last July in 2013. And I, my, my case was referred to a Richard Hoffman. It was uh, yes. You know, you know him, yeah. Um, well, I've heard his name, but somehow connect him with Florida, but I don't. Know. Yeah, you're right. He, he's amidst the, the like the, the southeast guy, the wreck from Mufon down in okay. the, the, uh, Tennessee, Alabama, Mississippi, Florida, Georgia. Yeah, okay. Uh, but yeah, he he was my yeah. caseworker, a real nice guy. I talked to him in, in depth many times. Uh, I just saw these. You know, it was actually was three events in the same night. I saw a red, a red glowing. It looked like an orb, but it was, you know, maybe relative size, uh, maybe the size of a golf ball. And it was just gliding across the sky. There was no porter starboard running lights. There was no nothing. Just, just an orange light. Um, and it was, you know, cruising pretty, pretty you know, not, not like crazy fast, but a good, you know, a good clip. And once that got out of uh, eyesight, a second one came maybe a minute, minute and a half after that, uh, basically the same course and speed. So I broke out my iPhone and actually got some pictures and, and some crappy video because iPhones suck when it comes to video. But I, I did. Say they're not the best right. No, but it was all I had. So, I, but I had enough time to get it out and shoot, you know, a few pictures and and then got got some video of it. And once that one sailed off out of eyesight, a few seconds after that, there was a white. Light, and I, the best way I can describe it is if you took a flashlight and you turned it on and you pointed it at a wall, 
and then you just flick your wrist you flick your wrist with it real quick to the right it was like a white streak of light that 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 that, that, that was like a chaser it was like after the second one and I just stood there and like wow that was pretty freaking interesting so I, I sent the pictures and the video and then uh, they, they assigned it to uh, Richard Hoffman and they they could not debunk it they they they, they just so that was my my report. So I'm with you. Everybody needs to report these things um, when they see it. Um, and write down as much as they can afterward. Too. Right, right. Exactly. You forget, you know, yep. before you get a chance to talk to an investigator. But, uh, hey, I wanted to talk. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh yeah, I wanted to get your thoughts on Roswell since you've done so much in-depth research on this. Um, well, I was the first guy to talk right. to Major Jesse Marcel. Bombs on Japan. They dropped two more in Operation Crossroads in the 
Yes, sir, right. Stories. High security clearances, uh, you know, handpicked officers. And so we found good people. And, you know, sometimes I got lucky. I called the newspaper, checked editor and publisher. Oh, there's a newspaper in Roswell, the Roswell Daily Leader. I didn't know that, but I called, asked for the editor from 47. This is in 79. Uh, long gone, what do you need? Well, I've got an article here that says a guy named Walter Hout, Hout, his name is spelled four different ways in the early articles. And before I can finish this sentence, she says, oh, his wife works here. What? Oh, wow. Totally unexpected. Right. So I talked to her, and then I talked to Walter, and he was the guy who put out the press release. An outstanding guy. And not only was he a, a public information officer, uh, people leave out the fact he was also a bombardier, flew more than 20 missions over Japan, and was such a good one, he was chosen to drop the instrument package when they tested one of those two bombs at Operation Crossroads. Oh, wow. Absolutely. The bomb, you know. And so, uh, also, I got lucky. I called information, asked for anybody named Brazel. That was the rancher's name. And she says, What city? I said, I don't know, southeastern New Mexico. And she said, Oh, well, I've got a William Brazel uh, in Carrizozo. And I said, Is that in southeastern New Mexico? <laughs> he said, Yes. It turns out it was the rancher's son. Oh, wow. Especially right. for an older man. I mean, I'm older than, than just 
Are you doing better? I'm doing very much better. I had Good. stints put in, and they seem to work. And uh, at least I give them the credit. I don't know who else to give credit to. And <laughs> I'm not sick. Good. Uh, you know, I figure I got 10 more years. I just turned 80. My parents both lived to be 90. Uh, I'll take 10 more years. Absolutely. Let's go for 20. Shoot. Well, go for 20. Why not? Exactly. You know, recently I was on YouTube and saw the uh, former Canadian Defense Minister, I think that's his title, um, testifying. Yeah, yeah, he was testifying in front of a bunch of suits. I'm not sure who they were, but I was wowed by that because somebody was, was such a respectable position in the Canadian government coming out like that. Give me your thoughts on what he had to say. Interesting. Why, why, do, why don't you think... Oh, no, no, let me ask you this. How many U.S. presidents do you think know what's going on and have actually seen evidence, or do they... Are they purposely cut out of the loop for you know plausible deniability? Well, I think that uh, most of them are kept out of the loop. I suspect uh, George Bush, who had been head of the CIA, knew. And certainly Eisenhower knew. Uh, hmm. I can't 
not see things. Um, oh, yeah. Buzz, Buzz Aldridge, he said he saw something uh, outside the uh, lunar module. Um, and a lot, of, a lot of the people on the space station see some crazy things. Cooper, uh, Gordon Cooper has seen something. And uh, there's a guy who took pictures. And, yeah, there's a bunch of them. And uh, they're interested, but mostly they're cautious about 
Yeah, I wonder why that is. Well, can you think of anybody who's got a job that's more desirable than an astronaut has from his yeah, point? Exactly. You don't want to give that up. <laughs> exactly. Well, look, man, I know you're a busy guy. you got some, something coming up, so I'm going to let you go. But before I let you go, I want to give you an opportunity to tell the listeners how they can come to your website and then and, and buy your books and um, okay. where they need to go. The Roswell book. Yeah, top uh, crash at Corona. Yeah. Right, right, right. And that that had what? How many printings? Like thirteen, eighteen printings overall. I don't know. Uh, a ton of them, though. Out. A ton of them. That, that was a very, very successful it's book. Still in print, and it's been out for quite a while. So yeah. it's still in print. Yeah. And they're all available, and you like autograph them all. So Good enjoy. Stuff. And I'll get my email address because it corrects. Uh, I had a different one before, and people get confused. Okay. It's F S P H Y S. That stands for flying saucer physicist. At BellAlliant.net. That's B E L L A L I A N T dot net. Okay, and that's that. They can email you to request yeah. uh, speaking events and things like that. Indeed. Good stuff. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you get out of the Canadian cold air. Well, look, I really appreciate you doing this. Uh, we'll have you back on maybe, um, I don't know, in, in six months to a year, and maybe do a follow-up, and then any new UFO sightings comes up. Okay, I'll still be around. Thank you so much. I appreciate your time. Thank you so much. 